0: on this episode of AV week we take a look at succession planning as Draper installs a brand new president where are we going to get the next generation of AV techs and talking with architects about AV technology all that and more next on AV week
1: the network for the AV industry what are you listening to this, this is AV this this, this is this AV, AV nation, nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week. Episode 439, recorded Friday, January 17, 2020. Pew pew.
1: Support for AV Nation
0: is brought to you by
1: Sure. Sound Extraordinary.
0: And by FSR.
1: And by Christie
0: Digital. This is A.V. Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, her name is is Dawn Mead, and you know her as A.V. Dawn. Welcome, ma'am.
1: Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me today.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, also with us is Mr. Bill Natras uh, from Byamp. Welcome, sir. Good
2: seeing you again, Tim. Glad to have, uh, get to join again.
0: So. Thank you. He's here in the new year. Uh, also, last but not least, uh, he's a new guy. So, you too be nice to him. His name is Bob Woodick from uh, from BenQ. Welcome, sir.
3: Hello, and happy to be here.
0: All right. Uh, first story actually comes to us from Sound and Communications. Draper has appointed a new president. And just for full uh, full disclosure, Draper is an underwriter for Aviation uh, You can find out more about that on our website. Um, uh, Chris Broom ha- is the fifth president in Draper's 118-year life- lifespan. Uh, as with the previous four presidents, Broom is a family member. Is the, uh, Chris is the son of vice president of manufacturing, Mike Broom, and the cousin to outgoing president, John Pigeon, as well as the great great grandson of Luther Draper, the company's founder. Uh, Dawn, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, Draper's created a succession plan for almost 120 years here. When you, you Don used to be a, a, uh, an integrator as well, as well as now she works for uh, a mid user. When you were working for an integrator and, and you work with some, some small ones as well as some, some pretty good sized ones, how do you? craft a legacy like this how do you craft a legacy to continue um the continuity going forward from one generation to the next from one president to the next
1: well well, i mean one of the first things every integrator that i worked for prior to my current job which is not at all in that world they were all family businesses. They were all, we used to call them boutique or mom and pop shops. And the biggest way that, that you look for that continuity and you build that into your system, if you definitely want it to be a family business, get the family involved. My very first integrator, we did things on the production side as well as the systems integration side. And I remember days that the, the the kids of the owners would come in after school and help stack videotapes if they were doing videotape duplication, or they would, you know, help move things around the warehouse, help mom and dad do their thing. And through that, and you know, my most recent integrator, they they similarly, their son, you know, went to college for IT, came back in, was running a lot of the IT at the company, getting to know the company from the inside out. And I think it's one of those things, you know, if you if you grow them up in the industry and and get them instill with them a love of the technology and what you're doing and impress upon them that this is your heritage, this is what your family's doing, you know, let's keep that going. Y- you know, it, you, you put yourself in a good stead for that as opposed to trying to just bring in a kid or a grandkid or whatever that has no background. Um, I'm very impressed with the Draper, you know, over over a hundred years there of one family being able to maintain that and and grow that to this to the extent they have, um, pr- kudos to you guys. I mean that's fantastic. And you know I'd love to see more of that, um, both on the manufacturer side, integrator side, everybody's side, because you know it's a great sense of family history and 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 uh, and it keeps our industry fresh. You know we don't have to go out and we'll talk about this later, but we don't have to go out and sell the AV industry to people that grew up in it because yep. they know uh, we're a thing. They know we're an industry.
0: Absolutely. Uh, bill when when it comes to this continuity what what does that mean to both the dealers as well as the end users i mentioned the fact that, that you also used to be a consultant what does that mean to the industry to every, all of the stakeholders the folks that rely on you as a, as a manufacturer what does that continuity mean as as this transition happens for kind of the the um, the faith in the in the future of the of the company well probably
2: the biggest thing for the dealers channel is is the fact that things aren't going to change that much. That continuity is going to be there. Um, you know, to, to those that are on the consulting side, that relationship shouldn't change either. Now, a portion of uh, the specific change to Draper is not just Chris Broom's moving up to, to being president. And I congratulate Chris longtime friend of mine. I'm really glad to hear about this, but it's also the fact that Lee Denhart has moved into Chris's old position as architectural relations. So not only did they plan to continue the continuity of, you know, the management of the business and, and you know, the directions they're going to be going, but, and, and to the dealer channel as well, but they're also looking to, you know, continue their relationships with architects and consultants and, and, you know, not changing any of that. So I, you know, I look at this succession plan discussion as, as, as being very widespread. My wife owns her own business. And um, you know, when she bought the business, the first thing I told her was, you now need to start your succession plan. And that is the very first thing you need to do because what are you going to do with it when it's time to be done? Now I don't disagree that, hey, keeping it in the family is really, really important, but I got two kids. I got two kids that, you know, understand my passion for the AV industry, and they want nothing to do with it. So, you know, what do you do in that circumstance? So your succession planning is not just how does the family fit into this. Um, I give a lot of credence to uh, a gentleman who we recently lost in the industry, uh, Bill Scherer. And Bill Scherer used to always say, you need three succession plans. Because number one and number two may fall apart on you. And you take a look at some of the businesses, some of the, the steadfast organizations we have in the AV industry, their succession plans have had to change because, you know, untimely passings or just, you know, any number of market shifts and this all can change. So knowing what you're planning to do to get out of it is just as important as knowing what you're planning to do to make it better.
0: Yeah, I think it's really good advice that you gave your wife. That, you know, as soon as you start your business, or at least certainly thereafter, as long as it's going to be around, find a way or or find what your where your your exit strategy is.
2: You know?
0: mm-hmm. uh, Bob. As we wrap up here, how do you communicate this to your dealers, to your customers, and honestly to their customers during a transition like that? Whether it's at the top like this is, or even you know um, lower lower down uh, the the kind of the, the, the chain there. How do you communicate that, that you guys are, you know, whether it's, it's you BenQ or, or, or BiAmp or in this case Draper, you guys are still gonna be there for, for the clients regardless of, of who's kind of in, in each spot?
3: Well, it's an important question and the, the simple answer is very carefully uh, because one of the dynamics in the AV business is that it is a business to uh, business type of environment versus maybe other parts of BenQ's business uh, that's more business to consumer but in the business-to-business side, one of the key elements we focus on is trust building and making sure that the, the fundamental assumptions of the business relationship are always solid. And any time you have a, a transition in leadership or uh, product transitions or, or times when there is transition, it's, it's, it's quite a frightening time because certainly in most technology fields, anytime there's technology transitions, there's oftentimes market share shifts, and oftentimes when there's leadership transitions, there's strategy or focus shifts. So those have to be clearly communicated to all of the interested parties uh, so that everybody is sort of on the same page as you move forward and uh, either embrace or reevaluate how the the next future is going to look with uh, the new change the situation. Oh, very good. That's, that's, that's a good point, too.
0: Uh, all right, guys. Our next uh, uh, story comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine, who we'll get to hang out with uh, in a couple of weeks at ISC. ElectroVoice, EV, is leveraged for the Royal Institute of British Architects in their lecture space. Jarvis Hall, which is what it's called, was renovated recently, and the team at, ITS, at, at TS, Professional Sound and Light, installed EV speakers to support the sound reinforcement of the 300 seat space. Bill, I'm going to start with you on this. Architects are traditionally particular. Let's so let's say particular when it comes to seeing technology. In other words, they don't want to see it. They don't want. To, they want to hear it. They want to experience, but they don't want to necessarily see it. How can AV dealers or how should AV dealers, reps, manufacturers, reps, consultants work with architects to get in early to help them realize kind of realize their vision for the space? while also delivering the technology that the client, the actual end-client, needs.
2: So traditionally, we as an industry have leveraged AIA credits and relationship buildings to give us that opportunity to go in and meet with architects and start to build those relationships. There has not always been a lot of reception from the architectural end as far as that's concerned. It's a time function and and you know we all know the budget of time and you know consultancies and architects all sell their work based upon time and you know take away too much of it and and they're losing on the back end what's shifted now in the industry and and the A&E community what's shifted is the fact that the architectural firms are starting now to realize how they can design with AV and and you know LED technology, you know, you, Tim, you're right. You made the statement you know, they don't want to see our technology. Well, then we came out with LEDs. Now they want to see everything. And, oh, my goodness, I can paint with with light and, and all these wonderful things. Um, where that shift has come is they don't understand the technology and they don't want to understand the technology. They understand the content and they understand the branding. Many of the architectural firms are creating disciplines within those firms that is focused purely on branding, branding of color, logo, message, theme, and they're creating the content then to support it. This is prime opportunity for AB integration firms, uh, dealers and consultancies to change their message and change the relationship they would have with architects, just making them aware of what we can do. And you look at some of the, the projects just over the last 10 years. I mean, uh, uh, in Philadelphia, the, the Comcast Center experience and, and Salesforce experience in, in uh, San Francisco and you know, some of the public art that's out there going back to you know, 2003, 2004 with the Crown fountain and Millennium Park in Chicago. We're really learning how content can become a part of the art, become the message, things like that. And it's going to be different on every single project that the architects work on. That's where these branding groups are becoming very important.
0: Yeah, I mean, Bill mentioned Chicago. There's also the Merck building uh, in in downtown Chicago that has a projection mapping on on, on the side of it now. So, uh, yep. impressive stuff. Bob, kind of a, a different question for you. How can manufacturers leverage some of their relationships uh, to bring integrators in that, that maybe not otherwise have gotten in as early as 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 you know if they would have partnered with you
3: guys. Um, Well, one of the things that I think has really changed over the last 10 years that integrators can tie into is the concept that uh, architects and consultants and really everybody who's doing a project has much more access to a lot more information now via the internet and digital marketing than ever has been before. Uh, A lot of the more niche or specialized information uh, was difficult to find. But one of the things we've learned in the last uh, two years is that uh, when you start putting content out where in ways that people can read it or on platforms that people can see, it tends to spark creativity and tends to spark additional questions for product features that you may not be aware of, or an architect may not be aware of, or a consultant uh, may not be aware of. So uh, to Bill's point, it's for manufacturer. It's a lot of work to be able to try to target uh, consultants and architects and uh, it may not be productive in every case. But what we started to do is use uh, platforms like LinkedIn. Uh, we have started to put uh, our knowledge center is now populated with hundreds of different articles on a lot of different things so that when we introduce a, a product uh, such as a 16 by 3 uh, digital signage that sort of breaks the paradigm of 16 by 9 in a in a retail space or a consultant space or a Pantone certified flat panel, which we just announced, we've got a lot of other content around color and other technologies that as people are starting these projects and looking at how to research them we're making it easier to find that type of content to answer their questions proactively digitally so that they can find it using a Google search or using a social media platform or other ways rather than having to stop in what now seems to be an unnatural act of picking up the phone and calling somebody and asking a more detailed question. Yeah,
0: it's funny that you you mentioned the fact that picking up the phone now is an unnatural act. It, It is increasingly becoming that. Um, Don, last question uh, kind of goes to you. How do projects like this help the next dealer or the next manufacturer talk with architects and, and, and interior designers and, and, and other non AV trades to say, "Look, here are some ways that we can help you leverage that." No, we're not going to get in your way. We're going to help augment exactly you know kind of your vision for the for the for the space or for the project.
1: Well, I mean, it's one of those things that you know, as Bill said, it's becoming more and more prevalent that the architectural firms and the folks at the you know we used to always say av is at the end of the construction chain and you know your architects and designers and stuff they're way at the beginning and gosh wouldn't it be great if we could get to the beginning you know when i started this industry that was the whole discussion how do we get at the beginning not the end they're becoming more aware of that like bill said they're starting to have digital groups they're starting to realize the importance of including this stuff at the design end and it really just at this point becomes a matter of the integrators g- getting up there to the folks. I know, you know, integrators say, Oh, we've went to AIA in the past and tried to get in with integrate with uh, architects and it was just a fail. Well, yeah, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it might've been a fail. It's 2020 now, you know, get on the phone, get online, get in person at an AIA event or something and start making these connections because it is, more prevalent now, it's not such a weird out of the box thing to say, hey, I want to partner with you on the beginning stage of this project, and work with you through it so that it's all designed to be an experience for the end user from the start, as opposed to just trying to willy-nilly put things together at the last minute and drill out those beautiful new walls that you just custom built. And, you know, so there's more awareness now, I think, on the front end of what we do used to do at the back end. And I think the integrators and manufacturers even just need to be aware of that and jump in. Now, taking off my former integrator hat and putting on my current end user hat, it is true. A lot of architects now do have their own consultants and their own AV firms just as part of their digital offerings. But let's not forget what we've talked about on other shows, and that's a lot of end users are starting to hire from our industry to be internal consultants to do standards for their corporations and for their locations. And, you know, not to drop names or, 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 or details here, but there is a project I'm working on, a very large project I'm working on currently, that has an architect with a digital design team and an AV consultant on board. And they keep coming up with these fabulous ideas that we want to include but they aren't paying attention to what is our standard. So if we have a standard for control or a standard for a particular audio piece or a particular projector, or you know, a lot of times there's a whole team of us at the company that work really hard to come up with things that'll work across the enterprise. And so if you bring in a specialist at the front end, that's great, I'm all in favor of it. But be aware that your end user, that your customer isn't quite that ignorant, lead me by the hand, I don't know anything type that maybe we did have 15 and 20 years ago. They're starting to get more knowledge base, uh, like Bob said, whether it's online through LinkedIn or whether it's actually hiring people from the field to come in and be that knowledge base internally. So I'm in favor of this. I think integrators would be well suited if they would go out and reach out to these architects, but also everyone just remember it's not the old days, they do know things now, and let's you know communicate with all stakeholders in the process. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, all right, uh, last story here, guys, uh, comes to us from our friends over at Commercial Integrator. Zachary Como writes about ways integrators and manufacturers can leverage educational partnerships to fill the pipeline with talented AV techs. Como suggests developing relationships with local technical colleges, high school programs, as well as trade schools. Bob, we'll start with you on this. Simple question, same one that uh, asks, how do we get more talent into the industry?
3: Well, uh, we have shifted our focus uh, in the last couple of years to be able to work directly more with the large school districts and the large uh, community colleges and uh, universities. In fact, we've flown uh, teams from Taiwan out uh, numerous times to meet directly with them because Part of the thing that we struggle with is AV is a complex industry. It's a very multifaceted industry and it oftentimes has the perception of uh, we need to, we're not at the forefront, say like a smartphone or other technology industry or some cloud services. So what's happened is that as we've begun to do that and formed relationships, The cycle of feedback has helped us to be able to identify areas that when we go and look at our recruiting and how we work with the Texas universities and how we bring on interns. It oftentimes changes uh, the the focus. So right now, for example, we have uh, A much bigger cloud emphasis in terms of internal employees and our networking skills have probably exponentially grown in the last couple of years primarily because it's been part of our new products and also because our customers are asking those questions. So the field engineers that I had two years ago are completely different than the ones that I have now. And that's had to change our entire structure of how we look at uh, integrating with AV and education and a lot of the ways that we've done business in the past. Well, that's a good point. Uh,
0: Mr. Naturist, I'm gonna ask you a weird question, maybe a little left field uh, baseball pun intended. What, what is our farm, farm system? Um, you know, I'm from St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are here. There are two or three little double A and triple A farm clubs, one straight down 55 in Memphis. What, what is the AVs version of, of a farm system?
2: Yeah, actually Tim, I was trying to think of what that was. And, and I come from the era where we were all either garage band musicians or we were in theater and, and, you know, your passion was for great sound and and great video. And, and as it evolved where we came from changed as well. You know, yes, a lot of people have music backgrounds and, and things like that that are in the industry, but now we're seeing those that are coming out of the IT community and things like that. I am a firm believer that it's actually in the high schools where you will get the greatest opportunity to, uh, let's say light the fire. Um, my local high school, I go in annually and work with the, the, uh, the, the students in the theater group and I teach them how to start tuning their ear and what they really should be doing on that mixing console. Um, you know, (laughs) it's funny the, the, the theater director at my high school he got me in to see Sound of Music. He seated me right behind the soundboard because he knew how much it would torque me off watching what the kid was going to do on it. And, yes, the kid was doing everything wrong. And, you know, I think I've I've trained like 30 kids now in, in the last 10, 12 years. And about half of them actually are showing an interest in AV as a career. Um, you know, that's not – you know, there's so many aspects to the career though in AV, you know, but you know, having that desire of, you know, what is a quality audio, what is quality video really does change what their perception is. And they start to see that there is an organ or an industry that's out there doing that. So.
0: Don, something that we've talked about on this program, I'm gonna say almost for eight years now, um, <laughs> or, or nine years. Good lord, nine years almost. Um, is the fact that there's not an AV degree? Yes, there are a couple of a handful of, of colleges throughout the the U.S. at least, uh, and I'm aware of a couple uh, outside the U.S. as well that have a, a quote unquote uh, you know audiovisual degree. But by and large, you, you can't go to you know um, UC, UCLA, right, or Mizzou or, or U of I, and get right. a, a traditional AV degree. Is that Hurt prospects, or does that help? Uh, and the reason I'm asking is this: there, there is a, a push and a move, in, in, at least here in the states, to get folks who are not academically inclined. <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, who, who, you know what? You know, they, they want to be a welder. God love them. Go, go learn how to weld. Be a, be a journeyman, and, and, and you want to be an electrician. Join the, the union, and, and, and there's a process there. You don't have to get a college degree. There are certainly occupations where you need a college degree and just for the record, I want I, I want my doctor to have a college degree, right? My welder probably not. So does that help us not having that degree and, 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 and putting them down the, the, the journey the journeyman pathway or does it you know does it does it hurt us? I don't know.
1: Well that's a difficult question to answer, Tim, because there also isn't really a apprentice journeyman master. AV program anywhere. It's easy to become an electrician and go join the union and go through all those steps until you, you know, are making all the bucks as as a master electrician. You know, plumbers, uh, welders, they all have these formalized programs in place through unions and through trade associations that we maybe don't have yet formalized. So in that regard, it hurts us a little, but it also does help us because we are, as you said, we in the States are more aware that college debt is crippling. Um, needing a, you know, needing a bachelor's for most jobs nowadays is like the old days when you needed a high school diploma. It's just like right there on the paper, even if you're just lifting boxes, must have a bachelor's degree. Well, you know, that's a lot of debt for 7 to $15 an hour or what have you. Um, so in that regard, it kind of helps us where if we go to community colleges, if we go to trade schools, if we go to high schools, elementary schools, and we let these kids know that there is a path – To a fairly white collar career that you can achieve without spending all the time and more importantly, all the money in college, they need to be aware of that. And I think it's really just a matter of reaching out and educating because, you know, I've been saying this since my first week in the AV industry, we need to be on the soapbox more and tell everyone what we do and how cool it is because you get paid to play with big kid toys and nobody knows it's a thing, you know, and here we are, I've been in the industry, I don't want to tell you how many years now, and I'm still saying the same stuff, and we still, you know, there's more of an awareness, but it's really not there yet, and and so I think the fact that we don't have a degree program, it lowers the barriers to entry for a lot of people, but then as, as integrators, as manufacturers, as end users that have you know, entire teams in this field, we also need to be willing to educate, be it Infocom, NSCA, ISC, whoever education, be it manufacturer training, or maybe it is a bachelor's in electrical engineering or IT or what have you. You know, we have to be willing to invest in our workers to keep our industry and our companies growing. Um, but, it it is really just a matter of outreach it's a matter of finding out hey here in maryland we have a stem fest statewide every november you know find out what stem fest activities your local library or government is doing ask can we be part of it and set up an acoustic demo or a video demo or something along those lines. You know, uh, Dr. Bonnie Schnitta, I've quoted her several times on this show because she's brilliant, but with the uh, American Acoustical Engineers Society or whatever she's, she's involved with, um, went out and developed a Girl Scout badge for like Brownies and, and, and Little Girl Scouts to do basic activities that have to do with acoustics and with sound. And these girls can earn a a patch for that and they can learn, hey, acoustical engineering and sound and audio, that's a thing I can do when I grow up and be like this cool doctor lady that makes a crap load of money. You know, It's just a matter of letting people know and I'm almost obnoxious anytime I meet a kid that's in school age, I'm like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Have you thought about AV? Do you like playing with screens? Do you like playing video games? Everybody wants to be an esports professional nowadays, but they don't take into account those big esports stadiums with all the monitors and all the speakers and headphones and microphones. That's all us doing it. We might not be going pew-pew with the little controllers, but everything else in that room is part of our industry. So, you know, we need to let people be aware of it and sort of evangelize for ourselves. And I think with that, if we're vocal enough, they will, you know, if you build it, they will come. It, Let's build something. I don't, I don't know whether the correct answer is a full degree or whether it's just an apprentice program, but let's get out there and let people know it's a thing and push them towards, you know, we, we all got there. We're all professionals. We did it all roundabout. You know, some of us are still paying college debt for semi-related degrees. Some of you aren't, you know? And uh, if, if you can do it without that, more power to you. I, I'm fully in favor of the non-traditional, non-bachelor out the, out the gate thing when you can be making money and learning skills and be just as as proficient as someone that that has the degree
0: i love you for saying pew pew too by the way so
1: yeah
2: the next time i see dawn it's going to be pew pew
0: absolutely pew pew, pew, pew. <laughs> all right y'all thank you so much uh mr bill natris from from Biame. thank you sir
2: <clears throat> Thank you, Tim. This was this was good to do again, and I'm, I'm glad to, you know, participate with Don and Bob here as well. So.
0: How do people get a hold of you or, uh, or BIAMP if they are so inclined?
2: Well, you know, the easiest way is www.biamp.com, the, you know, the good old World Wide Web, and understand that, you know, with the acquisitions that BIAMP's made recently, that includes our partners over at Cambridge Sound Management and Community and A-Part Speakers, uh, you can also come and see us at ISC. We've got two booths this year, two stands this year at ISC. The main one is at uh, 3-B90, and we got a secondary one that is at 1-H140. That secondary one is going to be our large and outdoor venue products, as well as retail and hospitality market products. Yeah, so-
0: can't get away from from uh, from buy-in, but during ISC, at least on the on the right-hand side of, of the ride, the left-hand side, mm-hmm. but the right-hand side between hall one and hall all three, absolutely. So, uh, yep. it's on me. Thank you, ma'am.
1: Thanks for having me, Tim. And welcome. Where can folks find me? Well, you can find me online, social media, and all those things, either Dawn Mead or AV Dawn. I'm definitely on the Twitters and a few other places as AV Dawn. I am working as an end user in the government vertical, so you can't find me there. It's all hush-hush, but you can always find me here on avnation.tv, hosting or co-hosting the AV social show, and whenever Tim lets me pop up here and pontificate for a while.
0: Whenever Tim lets you whatever. All right, Uh, Mr. Bob Ludek uh, from BenQ, thank you, sir.
3: Thank you, and uh, you can find us at uh, www.benq.com, and uh, we have a pretty sizable booth at ISE this year. I think we're in the I-N10 area. It's one of the largest booths that uh, BenQ does all year anywhere in the world. Good, very good. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, for us, uh, for me, don't 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 follow me on the Twitters. Um, I'm rooting for the Chiefs, just for the record, in case anybody's wondering about the NFL, um, mainly because I can't root for the Packers, um, and I, I really like you know Mahomes, so uh, I'm a Bears fan, so that's why I'm rooting for somebody else. Uh, have been since what B- what Bill like week five, week six. <laughs> <laughs> go uh, by our website if you would please avianation.tv. that's avnation.tv you will find this program and a host of others also while you're there uh please check out our supporter section these are the folks who help us financially help us bring you av week resi week and isc 2020 in about uh, three weeks by is one of those and we thank them for their support also um a time this post which will be monday morning the final round of our Aviation Readers' Choice Awards will be underway. You can vote at the website until January 31st. We will be announcing those winners uh, the week of ISE. I believe we'll do it that Monday uh, or the first day of ISE. I think it's that Monday, though. Uh, I mentioned ISE. Our coverage has already begun uh, with previews of the stands and products coming out. Uh, you can check that out uh, on, the, on the website as well. Actually, we talked with uh, Mr. Joe Andrews from check that out as well as others all that and more at TV. it's TV. thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening that is all the time we have for baby week